Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. The link between sex, creativity, and the sense of aliveness is strong. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution? Or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on the Eros Evolution Show here on Om Times Radio and TV. Hello, hello, and welcome to Eros Evolution. This is my TV radio show where I explore all things related to sexuality and spirituality. So in today's episode, uh, in Singapore at least, it is International Women's Day, and uh, it's the 8th of March. Uh, so this year's International Women's Day, the theme is Break the Bias. Uh, and today we're going to explore what kind of bias there are. And uh, last week, I actually already started the countdown towards uh, International Women's Day. I had two women uh, mm-hmm. on the show. And today, I decided to get two of my uh, friends uh, who are male. Both of them are married. Both of them are coaches. Both of them are handsome and uh, are spiritual. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not married to either of them. Uh, but it's going to be really fun uh, because they are my friends and I love them so much. So yes, uh, we are going to be exploring uh, being male and all things masculine. So both of their parents and have a parent are going through cancer. What does it mean to be a modern day heterosexual male? How do they do sex education for their kids? And what is it like being caregiver for their parents? How do they navigate all the challenges of life? So uh, uh, for me, I'm a little bit of a uh, a little bit of everything so i like variety and so we're going to not really dwell so deep into everything but hopefully talk a little bit about everything so i'll get them to introduce themselves so lino can you introduce yourself hi everyone uh, this is my name is lino i run my own um, company with my wife lisa and we do something called mind clearing help people through the blocks in their minds and obstacles to their lives to lead better lives and we also do run workshops as well as help people through their challenges in life on top of that i'm a father son husband and all things masculine thank you uh so you can find lino on uh, maven communications.com mavencoms.com yeah. yes mavencoms.com you can find lino at uh, lino co JK and uh, Maven Communications on Facebook. Uh, sorry, uh, Lionel Cole, JK on Facebook and Maven Communications on Facebook. Okay, Balan. Hi, everyone. My name is Balan. Um, I started Herb in a Cup uh, basically to connect with people. I am also a personal fitness trainer where I conduct um, group classes <coughs> in fitness um, and lifestyle also. So what I basically do is I try to work on your emotional state, mental state, physical state, nutritional state, and your rest state. Because I believe all these states are within yourselves. And the whole idea is uh, we literally live in our minds and bodies. So we want to create a safe spaces uh, within ourselves. Um, and that's what I do in a nutshell. I also um, am a father of two naughty boys. When I say naughty, it's a healthy way of being naughty. Um, and a parent wife i have a wife i'm a husband uh, my mom um, is a cancer survivor so i'm taking care of her at the same time and in a nutshell yeah, that's that's me i'm all over the place basically i like to interact with people environments and learn about behaviors thank you Martha. 
<laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Okay, so let's delve in. What is it like uh, uh, being a man uh, in this modern day? Uh, you know, like, imagine like we are the alien species, the women. Um, like, what is it like being a male? Because, you know, we, we there's a lot of gender bashing. There's a lot of misconceptions around men. And, uh, yeah, so I want to peel off all those layers. Okay, uh, maybe I'll just start first. It's all right, right? So what it's like uh, being a male. Um, so from my perspective, right, uh, there's a little bit of bias uh, on my side also. I feel that um, you have to somehow or other uh, be stronger, right? And being stronger means also to um, be vulnerable and demonstrate your weakness also so that um, your partner or your friends um, can actually um, help you out. You can't do everything as much as I want to um, independently, but there are times that um, you have to strike a balance to basically understand that maybe there's a better way uh, to climb up that mountain. And maybe if you open up to other people, um, you get different dimensions of um, understanding and learnings. And to me, that is what being male is all, is all about. It's not just purely being hard-headed um, or you want to be a hard-boiled egg but soft inside at the same time. So you just want to find that balance. And I think demonstrating weakness, I, would, I wouldn't term it weakness as in, really, as in weak, as in weak kind of thing, but vulnerable, right? Being vulnerable, um, that defines uh, masculinity in that sense. There are times where you have to be, um, you have to take that little bit of aggression that you have within yourself and use it and maintain it in a good way also. So that's uh, being male. Yeah. Well, Thank you. For me, it is the, the challenge today is because most families or people tend to be more nuclear in, uh, in nature, meaning smaller families people don't live in villages so what used to take a whole village to support either a family or a couple or one person now goes onto the shoulders of one person so let's say i i'm married okay my family is a nuclear family the extended family is not as big as they used to be so i become everything for everyone instead of what used to be in a whole village where okay you got you, you can run when you have a fight with somebody you go to somebody to talk to who's an older person in the uh, in the in the village those kind of things so the challenge of being male in my perspective today is being everything to everyone at the same time and because of the the way society is where everything is to be quick and fast let's move quickly and the time gets compressed and that pressure to perform quickly, fast, instantly, and all the time is uh, what is the biggest challenge I see today. Do you agree, Bala? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. It's a, it's a mix. I mean, there's always uh, duality in a sense that um, there's the dark side and the bright side. So what I try to do is, I also have a feminine side. I, frankly, I like flowers. I like all that, all that stuff, pink and stuff like that. But it helps me balance myself 
um, in a very uh, certain way that I am familiar with it because uh, I internally reflect and I have some form of um, aggression, meaning to say I was brought up in a very different way where you have to suck it up, stand there and get hit kind of situation. And then um, I sort of inherited, um, if you call it generational inheritance, it gets passed down in my behavioral patterns. And I had to really visualize this. I did not like what I was going through as a child, but as an adult, I replicated that model exactly onto my kids. And I found that that was, uh, as much as I want to break, break that cycle, I was trapped within myself. Uh, so what I had to do was I had to sort of uh, strike a balance, be the parent to the child inside of me. And from there on, I could expand it out uh, towards, um, if you call it a conscious, to the people who somehow other gravitate towards conversations like this. So it's a mix. I still have that. It's like an emotional tattoo, meaning to say that, um, yes, I have to suck everything in. I have to carry all of this onto myself as a, a form of weight. But can I do the load balancing or load bearing in a slightly manageable way? So I try to strike that balance. Uh, yeah. And it's always, there's always, um, you can benefit from either side, the dark side or the bright side, I would say. So there's always a lesson to learn. And it's always fluid, meaning to say it's, um, I, I personally practice not being uh, trapped by the standards of confinement to say that uh, society deems it this way and I have to uh, fit within that box of framework. I think um, opportunities or possibilities lie within the unknown and the unseen. They are beyond all of that. So I always try to look at what, um, what is beyond the narrative that is presented in today's society or context. Uh, that is yeah, my, my view on it. Yeah. Well, of course, I'm very curious um, how you got out of it. Like, you know, you were aware that you came from this environment. You didn't like it. You were already finding yourself doing it. I think it's from the doing that we realized, oh, shit, I'm like my, my parents. So how did you get out of it, actually? Oh, okay. Um, if, if I were to term something... Um, so basically, I tried to suppress all of this uh, through numbing myself. So misdirected energy through being like, extreme... Um, consumption of maybe um, alcohol or excessive buying of toys um, to basically distract myself. But I wasn't addressing what was inside of me and happening or manifesting in that reality within myself. So it wasn't a sort of a nice place to be in. Um, and it came to a point where everything came to a standstill where I felt that uh, I sort of had no energy. I was completely disconnected with myself. If you term it a soul loss, uh, I hated myself. I did not like um, the way I was thinking, but the way I was presenting myself was on the opposite spectrum of how I was literally feeling. So I was conflicted in that sense. And it came to a point where, yeah, I, I did not recognize myself because I literally don't know myself, to be honest. Um, it's a journey of self-discovery and um, going deep down within what's uh, the layers of hardening that I've actually put onto myself. Uh, to say that since everybody is doing this, maybe because I grew up in an environment 365 days times all the years in, right? Um, I became the product of the environment. Then I become the environment and I become I host my children in that environment and they become the product of the environment. So I had to break that cycle. How did I break the cycle? Basically, is um, it's a blessing in disguise. Strangely, I just share this with you openly. So I started to see this number 444 every other day. I took my watch, it was 444. It was the clock was 444. The license plate was something 444. So it's sort of, and in, in the Asian context, in the Chinese context, it's like, you know, it's jinx and stuff like that. Like Miss Death. Death and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I got, but it captured my attention. It got my my attention and say, okay, here maybe there's something here. Maybe and then I went to Google, strangely Google is my friend. I use it for everything else. And they say, oh, that's the angels number and it's whatever, whatever. So I, I sort of thought, okay, maybe there's I'm not a religious guy to be honest. But I believe there's something out there bigger than all of us that we, we I can connect with. And um, I started waking up 3 a.m. in the morning and started to feel uh, loved and stuff like that. 3.15 to be specific, every other day. And it wasn't like I was forcefully waking myself up. And I would write stuff into my um, iPhone in the dark, the light on, eh? and things which I couldn't remember. And the next morning, I would try to look at it and I couldn't recall what was it I was writing. And it came down to this. Um, so if I were to connect the dots backwards, I can only work backwards. It came down to looking at my emotional state, my mental state, my physical state, my nutritional state, and my rest states. Um, I was sort of, if you could say, guided in that area or path. And communications with the same people who, when we met the first time, I've never met these people. They were just wanted to, because uh, I, I teach workshops also, so they just want to have a cup of coffee to understand why I do what I do. And the conversation always strikes off in the same chord. Um, how did I break the cycle? Um, I worked on all the five states and I also teach about the five states now, right now. And um, it has, the energy levels are up. What I went through was basically a soul loss or soul disconnect, I would call it in my, in my terms. Uh, I had to learn how to set up healthy boundaries to accept things as they are, not as much as uh, what I want them to be. So the reality, sometimes it's the hard truth that I have to swallow that this is my situation right now. This is how it is. I cannot deny myself or paint it otherwise as much as people tell me to. And the moment I accepted it, right, there was like a form of release or relief. Um, and uh, that is how I sort of, and I taught uh, myself and the child inside of me how to learn, how to understand, how to uh, become an emotional pathfinder to find the best narrative that you can learn from the dark and from the light. Yeah. So that is how I sort of picked myself up along the way. It's not an... Um, easy task but it's all over the place to be honest there are days where it's like when you talk about healing right um it's there it's just that you manage it it doesn't go away it's always a gentle reminder that it is there so it's always it's like an emotional tattoo yeah. so that is how i in a, in a nutshell it's a long <laughs> journey to be honest but in a nutshell i summarize this yeah, for time's sake yeah hmm. so i'm very curious Lionel. did you actually also go through a similar like path to finding yourself finding your voice Oh, well, I was in a very bad state, probably about something like 15 years ago. So what woke me up was uh, I was arguing with my wife by text on a Nokia 8210. So it was like about this size <laughs> while I was driving. <laughs> so it wasn't the best thing to do. Please don't do this at home or anywhere else in the car. <laughs> But when I looked up, I had a garbage truck rushing towards me. It wasn't actually, it was actually stationary. Uh, I was going towards it. So I hit the brakes and I stopped about like six inches from that truck. That kind of, so I, the next thing I know, I had a lot of horns behind me because I was stunned for, I don't know how, however, how long. So I had to drive one side and sat there. And that shook me out of what I would call slumber, because there's a fog that kind of lifted. It's like something has to change. I don't know what, but my life has to change. If not, I'm going to die. 
So that that was a week. So I started searching for things that. So that led to many things, self discovery. But at the core of it, what I find that many masculine today don't know is who they are, who they are in this world, who they are to themselves. Because at your core, at a person's core, knowing who you are, especially when you're masculine, if you don't know who you are, you're lost. If you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. You don't have a flagpole, a flagpole planted somewhere. You just you you people don't know where to come home to. And in, in masculine terms, if you don't have a home to go to, what are you fighting for? Because that's 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 one of the biggest challenges. Is a lot of masculine people want uh, are fighting today, right? But they don't know what they're fighting for. So coming home to who I was made me realize or made me discover what I'm really fighting for. It's bigger than just me and my family. It's also humanity in many ways. But I do in the way that I can. I do in the way that I'm comfortable with. Because a lot of people might have this idea, I want to change the world. But before changing the world, you've got to change yourself. And many don't realize that. So that's, and it's still an ongoing journey. It's been like, well, 15 years or some something like that, you know. And it's tough. It's tough because people don't realize how much work goes into a person when they see the end product but they don't realize what happened or what has happened you know in the in the interim and that's the part that many people don't go through and, and being masculine it's a masculine journey that's a it's a journey that people take as as a masculine and that journey needs it happens when it happens it's not as if you can force it to happen sometimes you're called to do it Sometimes you got thrown into it. Sometimes you just get bumped into it. <laughs> we have no idea how it's going to happen. But if you are, if a person is seeking, then they, instead of seeking outside, they have to go inwards. The only way out of your problem is in. Yeah. So that's my journey. And my, my, so it led to a lot of things. It led to mind clearing. It led to this uh, process or rather this workshop or awakening workshop that uh, we call it the opening that's that's to go deep into yourself and find out who you truly are because the only constant in anybody's life is yourself that's the only constant that's and the other constant is change so so that's that was that's my journey in a nutshell. So Balan, uh, do you have any uh, observations about men in general uh, nowadays, uh, similar to what Lionel was saying? Uh, yes, yes, I do. So, um, I think we more we tend to bottle ourselves up inside, and then uh, it, the energies get misdirected in different ways, um, and it's also difficult for men to actually talk about um, challenges in life. Um, reason being maybe. It's a generational um, inheritance of upbringing. Probably one generation was taught, you know, to, to sort of take everything in, suck it up, and just do what, what you can do and never um, reach out or connect with somebody else. 
So, and then uh, maybe they might teach their, their children the same thing. Or there's a type of also a learned helplessness where we surrender, but we surrender quietly to say that, um, no, this is how it is. This is life. There is nothing more to it. Nothing can be done. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to turn a blind eye, but I'm going to take that energy that I have bottled inside of me to take it out on something else. So it gets misdirected in that sense. And over time, what happens is I have clients. Uh, one morning they wake up. It's a similar experience that I have. It's a similar pattern to this. They completely get disconnected. One more thing to add was during my journey, it came to a point where I could sense a dark energy outside my, a cloud, I would call it a cloud, outside myself. Huh? And I could sense it. It's like a chemical reaction going off in my mind or in my, I could taste buds. And it would come into my head and then the voice would go out, say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you know, you're never good enough, so on and so forth. So that was one, something I was dealing with. And um, when I connect with my clients, mostly I would share this because what happens is it creates a safe space where they can connect with you. They can understand, oh, there are similar patterns to this and maybe how uh, can we unlayer this? And basically what it comes down to is uh, being the parent to the child inside. That is, um, yeah, what I've actually done or I practice because when I can connect at a deeper level with my true self and speak my truth uh, without uh, sugarcoating it to myself, right? Um, the narrative within myself is more relatable. Then I can experience deeper. And it's also um, to have a better range of emotional vocabulary because uh, words basically are the bridge between your thoughts and your emotions. <laughs> so you, you can connect with what it's like, right? to feel love, to feel care, to feel empathy for yourself, to feel compassion. Um, that is something I find that uh, as men or being masculine, I think it really helps a lot because the moment we can connect with ourselves, then we can connect with one another in a deeper state also. Yeah. Okay, I love what you are saying. I love uh, the words that you are using, uh, emotional tattoo that we inherit. And then there's this generation uh, inheritance that we have where we bottle ourselves, difficult to take on, um, to talk about challenges, uh, learned helplessness, the need to reparent ourselves, to expand our emotional vocabulary. Uh, so these are all things I feel it applies to not just men but also women. So I'm I'm uh, we've we've gone into talking about what it's like for both of you being male. We've talked about your personal uh, journey to awakening or becoming more woke person, as uh, some of you can already start to sense uh, listening to both of them. So then we started to talk about what men are like um, nowadays. Uh, so I'm very curious, like, you know, we, we, we just plunge into it, but actually what does uh, toxic masculinity mean? Uh, we hear this term uh, being used a lot. So yeah, before commercial break, we have four minutes. So what is toxic masculinity? To me, toxic masculinity uh, is me as a man against the world. It, it's, it's one person taking on the whole world I have to do it myself and everyone else is the enemy. I need to fight through all of this, including your wife, including your family, including your work, your bosses and everything. Everything is a fight because the masculine brain in general tends towards fight, aggression, tends towards challenge because that's how masculines grow. Masculine grow by challenge. But if everything in life is a challenge, that's toxic. So that's, uh, that's, in a nutshell, how I view toxic masculinity. Balan, what's your take on this? Okay, so um, 
to me it mean that um you know i'm always right as a male okay as a male as a man um the ladies uh, my wife can never be right i can never learn anything from uh, my partners or the ladies i can never never learn anything um i'm highly highly um, ultra independent and i want to do everything myself I, and i feel that i'm always right so there's a, a pinch of narcissism or a ton of uh, narcissism involved in this uh, thought process also um, if i were to uh, fail i have to suck it up and not tell anyone to just uh, cover feed my ego in that in that toxic way um, not to show any sense of remorse or guilt or um, you know wrongdoing in that sense so that to me um, is toxic masculinity um, if is there some good that can be found in that um, yes on a reflective part right if I can learn my ways, then I can correct my patterns and I could uh, invest in the mistakes and profit from the experience uh, taking life forward. And I could share the experience openly with people for the mistakes that I made, but uh, in a safe space as so not to be ostracized or uh, it being taken for a pinch of uh, emotional blackmail going forward. You know, somebody say, oh, you actually did this, did this, this, this kind of thing. So why some guys do not open up because they're afraid, I wouldn't use the word afraid, maybe, maybe. Um, of repercussion like a boomerang effect you, you say something now you know it comes back and then it haunts them in a different people may use it so that's another angle that uh, sometimes people tend to keep certain things to themselves and it might uh, erode them internally but externally it's not really visible uh, that's toxic masculinity in, in that sense yeah, I like what you shared, not just the negative parts, but also the, the, the shadow side of it, that people don't see the fear of repercussions, why they behave the way that they behave. So I, I tend to think of, um, uh, well, at least my experiences with what you mentioned about uh, men feeling that they always need to be right. It's like they always also need to have the last word. <laughs> must win, you know, must win at all costs. And uh, you're right, you know, this uh, fear of... Uh, uh, repercussions like something comes back and bite them in the ass that they cannot recover from it so um yeah it's it's, it's really horrible but toxic masculinity doesn't just apply to male does it it doesn't it, it also includes the female because the world today actually promotes and celebrates masculinity in the workplace in the in life where you have to go go get go get and not just be the being part is more feminine in nature you're more open you're more the masculine part is more directional so if everybody is directional who's the one opening up and you know being you know finding out what connection really means because masculine tends to disconnect but at their core and heart they do want to connect but it's in a different way so yeah. Okay, we have a break and we'll come back and explore this uh, once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Home Times TV. Imagine becoming a super influencer. Reinvent yourself, invest in your brand, and then manifest your success with a robust, spheric approach. Ohm Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. 
Through our produced shows, OM Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an OM Times magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on OM Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive OM Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. OM Times, open yourself to the possibilities. If I could be you, you could be me for just one hour. If we could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Well, before you abuse, criticize, and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes. Hello, everybody. We're back. This is Eros Evolution, and I have with me my two uh, friends. One is Lina Cole, one is uh, Bala Gopal, and um, you can find them at uh, mavencoms.com uh, for Lionel and uh, Herb in a Cup for Balan or balansg.com. And uh, today we're talking about being male and all things masculine. Before the break, we were talking about what is uh, toxic masculinity. And uh, I was asking the question whether it is possible for women to also uh, have a toxic masculinity. So uh, Lionel uh, shared what uh, his, his thoughts around it. So what about you, Balan? Um, I feel, yes, it's possible. Reason being, um, there's always a mirror effect or a reflective effect, right? Meaning to say, if you are in an environment that is uh, very involved in a certain practice or a certain way, it can bounce off to your wife, to your female colleagues at work, uh, to your children. Um, yeah, so it, it is basically, I think it's a term, but it can be associated to the female counterpart also. We yeah, have both masculine and femininity in us. Yes. So the question is which one we use. So I would say toxic masculinity in that sense, you come from an energetic standpoint, is using so much of your masculinity that you disregard your femininity, whether you are male or female. That's that's the way one of the ways to look at it. Yes. Too. So one uh, simple way of thinking about toxic masculinity in a woman, I feel, is when uh, they they are the alpha in the relationship. And uh, not only the alpha, you know, not in a healthy way, but in a healthy way in the sense of them berating their partner, judging their partner, name calling their partner, and basically making life hell for them. And uh, I think this is when uh, we don't realize that uh, we have taken on the masculine role in the relationship and it's become toxic. So that's just a simple way in my own point of view. So for both of you, besides being male and doing your work, um, we have many, many roles. So I'd love for both of you to speak to how you juggle all the different responsibilities you have, uh, being the father, being the husband, being the friend, being the lover, and then you know also being the caregiver to your parents. Both of you happen to have parents who uh, have gone through cancer. So how is that like for you juggling all this? Like, Do you have any tips for the men out there or women out there? Um, the first yes. thing to do is breathe. Because <laughs> <laughs> just listening to just listening to the roles that we have to play, you know, it's like how the heck you fit all of it in? Yeah. So I think breathing is important. My father is currently undergoing cancer treatment, uh, and 
it's it's challenging for me because I have that, I have a family. I took on a degree program in psychology currently. And at the same time, also, I still have work to do. And people look at all the time, it's like, how? But the thing is, it's tough because we, I have this tendency to, I'm just as human as everybody else. So I go into my head and forget what's going on and forget to look around. And also breath for me kind of, I teach clients this, sometimes I forget to do it myself. So it's a reminder. Every time I talk to my client about it, I say, yeah, I got to breathe too. You know, breathe, come back to who I am in this current moment and then move on. So that's how I balance it in a very quick way. There's a lot more to it, but let, let balance. I like to hear what balance has to do. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. So what I do is um, basically I have to put myself first. I have to energize my thoughts uh, so that they are energized and I have to energize my body. So how I energize my thoughts is um, I would basically get in touch with my emotions in the morning. Uh, what does, so it's basically, I teach this also, it's called meditative emotional vocabulary. So you go through a slow breathing pace, you're aware of your breath. Uh, what does love feel like? What does care feel like? What does compassion? So I want to ask myself, what do, does this thing? So how you think impacts how you feel and how you feel impacts how you think. So I start off energizing with my, my thoughts first and then through exercise, uh, balance, uh, cardio, uh, weight training, I energize my body because I find that when I'm energized in the right context or in the right way, then I have that energy will spill over as a form of abundance into the day-to-day -day activities uh, or attention that I need to give to the different roles that I'm playing. So I also make sure that I take care of my emotional state because my emotions, my emotional state will flow into my mental state as in how I feel. And how I feel or how I think, right, will actually go into my physical state, how I act out. So if you're not so well, you might binge eat, you might misdirect those energies. So your physical state, your physical state will then go into your nutritional state. As I said, the types of foods that you put into your body to energize yourselves. And then lastly, it would be your rest state. At the end of the day, how do you decompress for the day? You know, what are you thankful for? So sometimes I, I do a lot of uh, narrative speaking within myself. To understand it's sort of uh, being an emotional pathfinder to find the best way to sort of uh, put everything in the right context it's not always a, a, a so i i tell myself this i want to have a good day and a great day a great day means everything is going fine a good day means it's a bad day being transformed into a good day so how what can i learn from this experience to prevent it from repeating itself so nothing ever goes away until it teaches me what i need to know so if i'm always saying oh this is keep happening to me I'm not really learning or getting it this, this time. So the, the moment I change my response, right, um, towards the stimulus, everything else changed um, along the way. So um, it comes down to filling myself up with abundance and then letting it uh, overflow and sharing it with the people that I come into contact with. And there, uh, so I have to also have healthy boundaries um, to identify energy vampires, people that actually do a toxic dump on me and they walk away every time and now and then <laughs> it's always the same cycle and then there's it's like a song and dance, you know, but there's no no conclusion or no, uh, you don't advance, the person doesn't advance in a good way maybe as much as I wish for them to. Maybe it's just not their time, maybe they're at a different stage of, I know, until the point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you probably go ahead. So uh, back to basics is to take care of myself first. So I live in my mind and in my body. 
I want to make sure that I can sleep well in my mind and in the body, not so much the bed that I rest on. So uh, that is how I actually uh, energize myself so that I can play the different roles uh, that are required in my journey, I say, called life. Mm, uh, thank you. There are many, many tips here for all of us. Um, I think uh, uh, I love what you say about the difference between a good and great day. And uh, every time I'm uh, with both of you, I always feel great. I really do because I think both of you have done your own work on yourself. You have self-awareness and it just feels good being around the two of you. So yeah, I, I just feel so, so lucky to have both of you on the show today to demonstrate, I think to audiences that actually it is possible having um, uh, awakened, having uh, developed your own self-awareness and your self-healing that you can get to a point of uh, being healing to other people around you. So we talked a little bit about your responsibilities being a male. So I'm very curious uh, as parents, how do you do sex education for your kids? We talk over it at the dining table. So we talk about sex. We, we talk about sex, me and my wife. So we, we, we talk and then the kids listen. And then I, I asked them once, what, uh, so what do y'all learn in sex ed in school? Is it, uh, way less than what you guys talk over the dining table. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I, I talk to my son because of the masculine thing, and my wife talks to my daughter because of the feminine thing. And we, we talk about all the things. It's like if you want to have sex, you make sure you know what you're doing. You, you, you know, contraception. I say, yeah, we know. We took biology because, yes, I know you know how it works how the physical side works, but do you know how the emotional and mental side works? That's the part that you got to deal with. It's not the physical. The physical acts easy. <laughs> so the, so we, we talk to them. And also because we run workshops, one of our programs deal with this. Uh, it's called Sex, Power and Play. So we, we talk about this over the dining table, explaining uh, I mean, me and my wife bouncing off each other. The kids just absorb it. <laughs> So that's that's one of the ways uh, we do it. It's just open. It's it kind of a natural flow. We don't like okay, I'm gonna have the talk right now. You know, it's natural. Just flows into it at the age appropriate level. Mm -hmm. My my daughter is twenty. My son is eighteen. So can't talk to them like they're eight and ten. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you Great. do it, Balan? How old are your children? Um, one is 15 and the elder one is uh, 18. So I have two boys, two boys. So how I go about it, I go with it uh, in a very casual context. Uh, so we don't really have a sit down. So sometimes I go to the room, uh, we talk about stuff. So we warm up to a conversation uh, covering sex because um, as you grow up, your testosterone level is, is coming up. You know, you might feel strange sensations in your body and stuff like that. Uh, what do you do about it? And it's, it's normal. I share them that it is normal. Because you're growing up, you know, your body is energizing itself. But also, the thing is, there is a level of um, responsibility, meaning to say that um, how we treat ourselves with respect, yeah, that we can actually treat others also, not to go into, um, number one, if you're looking at all this stuff um, that is out there on the internet, it's there, it's there. But it is normal to look at this stuff. It's not, if it's, it's like day in, day out, you're looking at this stuff, then, you know, it's not normal. But it's there. But I do not want to tell you not to see these things because you will do this and I'm not looking, I'm not looking kind of thing, you know. 
Yeah, so everything has to be in an open context, so there's transparency. When we can talk about it, then we can address it. Yeah, And we want to be comfortable about the way we converse. There is no right or wrong, but I just want you to learn from it. This life, we will make mistakes, that's, guaranteed. that's a guarantee. But being afraid of making any mistakes and not doing anything in life, right? You're as good as dead. Huh? Uh, that's one. So we casually talk about stuff. We also talk about what would the other person feel. Are you doing it? And then later on, it becomes an emotional blackmail thing where you try to use that and then try to create a bond with another person. Or there's codependency of emotion because you exchange emotions in that process also of having sex or making out. So these are the things uh, that I shared with them. And the first relationship I always tell them is with yourself. You know, you are still discovering and learning about yourself. But the moment you feel there's a hole, there's a void in you, right? Then you might uh, take it in the wrong way and get somebody to fill it in, fill that gap for you. And certain things may not go in that manner because you might be, uh, there's a form of manipulation. But I'm not saying it's every, it's always the case. But I just want you to be aware that sometimes you may have a situation like that. Yeah, so that is how I educate them, uh, my kids about it. And, uh, you know, pictures and stuff like that is all there. See what you need to see, but learn how to navigate yourself in a better way. Yeah? And if there are things that you want to ask about, um, use any form of language to ask. And even if your expression has the F word and stuff like that, it is an expression. I'm not so offended by it, but what I'm offended by is ignorance, meaning to say we don't really learn about these things, but we just do what the next person is doing. Yeah. Then that's not really um, yeah, right in that sense. Mm, I also, I tell, my kids, uh, yeah, I also tell my kids, if you have a question about sex or anything to do with relationship, ask me or your mother. Don't ask your friends because they're just as clueless as you are. I mean, you can talk to your friends about it, but if you want to have more knowledge, you want to get through the confusion, talk to us. Because your friends at your age, they are just as clueless. They're going to make the same mistakes that you do. So, and Okay, and I, I love... I, yeah, sorry. Uh, did I interrupt you? That's fine. Okay, I love, I, love, I love both of you so much. So I'm getting a few tips from both of you. So uh, that includes like um, not thinking of uh, the sex talk as one talk. It's many talks and it's part of life to keep it ca casual, to normalize sex and um, the growing up process, to acknowledge the making mistakes, to talk about um, um, being aware of unhealthy, toxic relationships even, to actually acknowledge the psychological, emotional aspect of sex. And then uh, Balan started to talk about like images, porn, and navigating it, and um, really getting your kids to ask themselves like what they are doing and why they are doing it, not just like go through the motions, including like using the F word. So I, I really like all the suggestions that you have. And um, uh, it's, it's also really nice what you said, uh, Lionel, about how... Uh, instead of asking your friends, ask us instead. So being a being an approachable parent is so important as as a part of uh, sexuality education and uh, uh, navigating uh, growing up for your kids. <clears throat> so now I very uh, want to move on to um, this uh, question about how do you navigate your roles as caregivers because it's not easy uh, being the parent, but also like. Uh, 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 a lot of people call it the sandwich generation where we're caught between the younger generation and the older generation where we are taking care of our parents and uh, it is uh, very heavy, very intense. So what kind of, uh, um, how do you navigate that being a caregiver? Well, for me, take care, taking care of myself is important. 
getting rest and choosing rest. But this is the thing. Part of the toxic masculinity thing that we talked about just now is that, oh, I need to be able to exercise. I need to be able to do this, you know. But I, it was intense during the period when my father had intensive. Uh, we had to go for his radiotherapy every day for about eight weeks. So it was an intense period. And what I did, I made a conscious choice. I'm going to prioritize rest over exercise. Because you should exercise. I say, yes, I should. But should I in my current state? And my current state is my body saying, no, rest. Go rest. Because if I'm going to push it off, I'm just going to hurt my body and I'm just going to create more stress around my body. So rest is more important. And that's what I think most people who are caregivers don't realize that your care for yourself is actually way more important than your care for your whoever you're taking care of, your loved ones. Because if you don't focus your energy on yourself when you should, and all your energy is and attention is focused on the person you're caring for, you're going to burn yourself up real quickly and you can't help anyone. Yeah, there's a term called emotional fatigue. So how about yeah, you, Emotional Balan? fatigue, caregiver's fatigue, yes, it's, it's all there. Uh, yeah, just to add on, right, rest is also part of uh, work, I find, that because even for um, team building and self-building for companies, I always share that if your employee, right, has well enough rest, then they can come to work and deliver. You know, they're more productive in that sense. They're not really uptight and frustrated. Uh, being a caregiver, I find that I have to caregive to myself first so that I can actually spill over the caregive to the actual uh, party, the beneficiary who is receiving it, for example, my mom. And also, I have to understand also that, um, you know, when you are not so well, you might be a little bit edgy. You might bring up the past to throw... Um, emotional baggage onto myself. Uh, so those are the things where I have to know how to manage. Uh, I have to know how to actually um, create healthy boundaries. So when I, what I do, what I need to do basically, but do not get soaked into um, a situation where you come out being tired. So that is, um, you must be able to navigate within your thought process. You want to be able to be that emotional pathfinder to find the best way out. Because when people are not well, um, they're not in the best moods, to be honest. And they are always very tired and stuff like that. So this can this energy can be actually be transferred onto yourselves. So I yep. need to be able to take it uh, to a, a little place, uh, maybe go for forest bathing, go, go take a good walk, breathe, swim, uh, talk, laugh, uh, inject some dark humor into my life. Uh, so that you know i could actually dissipate all of this that i have um, and then resting well also because tomorrow i have to wake up and go again and i need to rest properly so i have to really take care of myself first fill myself up with abundance and let it overflow so that is the approach i would take yeah, as a caregiver yeah. and to add to that i would say most many men don't do this is find support whether it's with a men's group with your brothers, your siblings, or even your wife or your spouses. Because support is what's going to get us through. Doing it alone is going to kill you. That's it's the way I view it. Because doing everything alone means you have, to, you have to source everything. You have to bring everything out from you. But if you get support, people can add to that source that you already have. And your resource is going to be a lot more. That's uh, 
So most men don't look for support. They think it's a sign of weakness, actually it's a sign of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, looking for ways to fill up your own tank so that you don't become depleted. Uh, yeah, I remember when my mom uh, was going through breast cancer the last year of her life, uh, I I was, uh, what, what Balam was saying, I was just so exhausted all the time. Her exhaustion, her, her weak, her, her just the sense of uh, helplessness around her transferred to me to the point that I was, I was depressed. I couldn't get much done and I was just constantly tired. And uh, when I was not with her, I, I felt like finally I had a permission to cry. So it was really, uh, it's really, really very um, difficult seeing somebody that you've known your whole life um, being so strong, uh, becoming weaker by the day. So yeah, it's really, really important, like you mentioned, to uh, rest, to take care of ourselves, to uh, um, give to ourselves, uh, to be in a as high, a, I, I call it vibration, uh, as much as possible. So we're almost coming to the end of the show. Is there any like, last words that you have around this topic of being male, toxic masculinity, any advice that you have for listeners out um, there? Um, yes, maybe just to add on, right? Uh, you see, right now what's happening is people say we shouldn't talk about topics like this. But those are the topics that I find, right, that really need um, to have oxygen and breathe out in the open because what is really not talked about is literally uh, kept in the dark uh, and then it will starve you from inside. So it's really okay to talk about any topic that you want because uh, when we are open and expressive and we can articulate ourselves better, we can connect deeper to our deeper self from within. And from within, we can actually connect out with everyone else uh, because everyone is going through some kind of challenge. I've met <laughs> basically everyone, I would say. Everyone. Yeah, so um, it's okay. Let's all be very open. But also we want to practice uh, the ability to know that certain things may be taken out of context by certain people and stuff like that number one it's okay not to be okay number two it's okay not to say no at all without giving an explanation to anyone but the, the first golden rule i find that is to have a relationship with yourself to connect with the inner being or the inner child within you maybe he or she learns a different way or views the world in a different context altogether to acknowledge that not to bury it deep down and then you know forget about it because it will start to manifest into some other situations that uh, may act out into behavior. So this just uh, to share. Yeah. Well, well, for me, I would say, get in touch with who you really are, what you stand for in this world. And at the same time, well, the opposite of depression is expression. So find ways to express who you really are in this world, in terms of your thoughts, your feelings, what you want to see happen in this world is because a person's life is the expression of who they are. But if you don't know who you are, you are expressing, you don't know what you're expressing and that gets people depressed. So your full expression of who you are, let that be, let that be unapologetic, but also have compassion that there are people connected to you. Some people tend to go the other direction where they discover who they are and they're, okay, this is who I am and F everybody else in this world. So, but that is toxic in, in, in that way. So using your own awakening as a weapon against other people. So it, it you require the connection. And that's 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 the that's the whole person rather than just one aspect of you. So find ways to express yeah. who you are. 
Mm. I love it. I love um, also. I I I actually really love what you said. Uh, expression is the is the opposite of depression because uh, one of the things that I like to do every day is to make sure that I have some joy, because uh, connect with my inner child to move my body because uh, that really helps to keep depression at bay. Uh, you know, I have had, had depression twice, so so yeah, that is actually really 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 important that we don't forget ourselves uh, in the midst of taking care of other people, doing all the work, and uh, going through in general like a very tough time. You know what the world is experiencing right now with COVID and with war happening. Like all of us, I feel are really affected by it um, because the because all all the media uh, images and messages that are coming out, the reports, uh, it's very very difficult to not uh, be affected. So, uh, any last words, uh, Balan? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, so, take care of yourself because you come first and you matter to you. Um, happiness is an inside job. Yep. And um, along the way in life, mistakes are guaranteed. But learning from the experience or the life lessons that it has to offer, right, that is priceless. There's no price tag you can put on it. So, whenever something happens to you or to me, I would ask myself, uh, what can I learn from this experience? Because it's already happened. So there's no uh, such thing as failure in life because we got to keep living. So at the end of the day, even celebrate the failures that you have or find the lesson within it. I think that's where you can actually improve on the quality of your life and also connect with everyone else and understand that everybody's going through some kind of um, challenge in life. And sometimes it might be repeated over and over again. And you, I can't take what I know and then force it onto someone to say you're supposed to do this. Sometimes they need to go through their own uh, work, I would say, or their light work, yeah? until the point where they can understand and move beyond. And I wish them well in that in every aspect. So I, I wouldn't say, okay, I'm this, so you have to be that kind of thing. That That's completely off. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so uh, we're coming to the end of the show. So let's do a last uh, shout out about your work, uh, Laino. Well, those who want to find a place to express yourself in a safe space, you know, visit me at mavenconf.com, find me on Facebook. You Well, we provide a safe space for people to express themselves so that they don't get depressed. And at the same time, the last word I would say, as Martha was asking, is be kind to yourself and be kind to others because that is what's going to get you through and that's going to get you in touch with who you are, being kind. Mm -hmm. So... People, people tend to think they have to do it alone. It's a, it is an individual journey, but you don't have to do it alone. Everybody's journey is individual and unique to themselves, but they don't have to do it alone. So okay. look for support. Thank you. And if I can be one, I'll be on it. Okay, what about yourself, Balan? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Balan SG. Or you can just Google Balan Gopal, right? Um, there's a, a website that will actually come out from there. <laughs> Um, if you like to connect with workshops for self-building, team-building, uh, working, uh, basically curating experiences so that uh, you have positive uh, memories tomorrow. So working on your emotional, mental, physical, nutritional, and rest states, right? Uh, connect with me. Uh, just drop me a line. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm, thank you. Okay, this has been Martha of Erod's Evolution. You can check 
us out on Facebook and Instagram. That's Eros Evolution. And then my website is Eros, uh, eroscoaching.com. So do subscribe to my mailing list. And next week, I will have a different guest. Uh, we're going to explore sex and uh, disability with uh, Dr. Lee Phillips. And uh, so, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, be kind and uh, take care of yourself out there. Bye. Thank Bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Goodbye.